Greetings, this is J.R. Dickey. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. And by the way, don't forget our website, graceandtruth.net. I hope you're having a great day, but if not, hang with me. It's about to get better. Okay, today I'm going to be talking with you about one of the Gospels. I call it the Physician's Account. Here we go. Luke stayed with and was loyal to the Apostle Paul during his second imprisonment all the way to the end. Just before his death, Paul wrote to Timothy, Only Luke is with me. That's 2 Timothy 4.11. He was a historian, a theologian, and a physician. Not a Jew. His character appears humble, self-effacing, but his gospel is by far the most lengthy and includes many events that others do not. His first words can lead some to surmise that he was a diligent researcher, but we must bear in mind that, quote, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, 2 Timothy 3.16. So, His scriptural account, the Gospel of Luke, is the result of the Holy Spirit's work, not simply an academic exercise. Kent Hughes, the author and pastor, writes, Malachi had assured those who loved God that the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. That's in Malachi 4.2. Isaiah had promised that before the glory of the Lord will be revealed, there would come a voice of one calling, In the desert prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. You can see Isaiah 40 verse 5. Malachi spoke similarly as he penned the final words of the Old Testament. Quote, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. That's Malachi 4.5. This is where Luke picks up some 400 years afterward. I'm sure that's after some 350 years or so. Many thought God was done speaking, but actually the best was yet to come. A marvelous sunrise from on high. Thanks, Kent. His story begins with an ordinary country priest, one out of about 8,000 or so at the time, who were in the region. His name was Zechariah, which means the Lord has remembered. His wife, Elizabeth, was also of priestly descent. Tragically, this humble couple was childless and quite elderly. Poor Elizabeth had borne this shame for decades. Baroness carried a moral stigma for the Jewish thinking of the time. It was not a fate for the righteous, so they thought. But the couple had not lost hope, for the angel Gabriel told Zechariah that his prayer was heard. Now, it came to pass that Zechariah was chosen by lot to offer incense in the temple, and suddenly he was at the pinnacle of his personal history. The honor was the grandest in all his earthly existence. Many never got that blessing. As he began 
something happened that terrified him. And there's a very interesting parallel in the book of Daniel. The angel Gabriel appeared to both men at the time of sacrifice. Both men were terrified and speechless. Now, Daniel's encounter involved the revelation of future messianic times, while Zechariah's signaled the beginning of these times. Gabriel opened with a mind-blower for Zechariah. He said, Your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name of John, which means God has been gracious. He added, He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Pastor Hughes comments, The Baptist would have a great heart. Jesus would later say of him, I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Next to Christ, Zechariah and Elizabeth's son would develop a soul second to none, not even Abraham, Joseph, or Daniel. Furthermore, he added, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Now, this is fascinating as it seems to be unique in all of Scripture. And it was fulfilled, it seems, when in verses 39 through 41 of the first chapter of Luke, we read, Now Mary, who had just found out she was pregnant with Jesus, arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. At that point, Elizabeth erupted in praise, and Mary spoke forth a song of praise as well. This is another example of the poetic creativity, that is, comparing and contrasting, of the Lord, for Elizabeth was elderly, and Mary was just 12 to 14, we think, years old. Elizabeth was carrying the greatest man in human history apart from Christ. And of course, Mary was carrying Christ. Both women had gotten the news directly or indirectly of their pregnancies from the angel Gabriel, and both had been foretold in Scripture. Wonderfully poetic. Three months later, Mary returned to her home, and John was born. His birth, unconventional naming, and consequent opening of Zachariah's speaking ability caused quite a stir. It says, Then fear came on all who dwelt around them, and all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea, and all those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Then Zechariah, empowered by the Holy Spirit, prophesied and rejoiced that the long-awaited time of God's promised deliverance was at hand. He celebrated the, quote, day spring from on high, the Messiah and John's role in preparing the way for him. 
Now, much of this is only presented to us in Luke's gospel, so I'm grateful that the physician was led of the Spirit of God to give us an account. Now, read chapter 1 for yourself. Now, may the Lord grant you peace in the midst of any storm and faith to trust Him. Look for our next podcast, and may you realize more of His grace today.